Welcome to the Bad Pipes Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Weaver. With me today is Big Greg. Scott Kelly. Scott Kelly. It's me. The man, the myth, the legend. Okay. I got some heat I want to come in here with today. Okay. Um, have you ever looked into Star Wars Shatterpoint? Nope. So Star Wars uh, Shatterpoint is a skirmish game. Uh, pretty new. The core set box comes with 16 models. How much do you think the core set box is from the retailer? Um, 16 models. $80. No. It's $160. What? And from a lot of like Amazon and other places... Like, you know how there's, like, getting it from the source, they're always charging you max for it, but if you get it from, like, Amazon or Miniature Market or one of those other websites, they've got it on, like, the actual price, like, what it should actually be. Yeah. $132 for 16 for sixteen models and a little bit of terrain, right? Uh, that's the core set. Yeah, let's see it right uh, here. Yeah, then you look at the... Um, that's wild. You cannot run dual pack right which is darth vader and kenobi and some like a terrain feature display that's 72 dollars the hello there squad which is kenobi and uh i think kenobi cody and two clone troopers 40 dollars so it's looking like just rule of thumb for these sets apart from the the core set is ten dollars a model unpainted they're 40 millimeters, so they're a little bit larger than the Legion models, which are 32 millimeter. Um, and from what I've seen, it looks like they're closer to like true scale rather than heroic, which mm -hmm. if you're familiar with that with miniatures, uh, is just like the proportions of certain things on the model. Um, I was looking into this because a friend of mine, well, a friend of ours actually, Christian, was asking me which skirmish game or which uh like war game he should get into because he wanted to get into the hobby side of it like and you said and not shatterpoint get into legion well he originally was bringing up to me like sh could we get into um uh 40k what's the 40k skirmish one oh kill team. um yeah or kill squad kill team is it kill team is kill team kill team uh Kill team, and I was like, no, because that's GW models. You don't want to pay those prices. Yeah, but it's kill team. Um, oh, and oh, then oh, one seventy for what GW? Yeah, one seventy for a Games Workshop kill team starter set. Yeah, well, that one. <laughs> if it's a starter set, it's gonna have both armies, right? Both quote armies, both kill teams. Yeah, yeah. So, but that's also GW models. So you know they're like high quality, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, that said, like the Shatterpoint models don't look bad, but the prices for them are wild. <sighs> I mean, like compare that to compare the fucking one sixty retail right to the one twenty. I think the 120-ish that you can do for, like, a Battle Force box for Legion, which is going to give you 
essentially an entire 800 point army. Yeah. Like that's crazy, you know? Um, and you can find both of the Star Wars Legion core sets for like $95 each anywhere. $95.99. Yeah. And that's going to be commander. I think, uh, two core squads and then like specialists or something else. Yeah. Um, I even was comparing it to like my shore troopers, right? Because I didn't, I didn't build out of the course that I built, uh, ad hoc or whatever. (laughs) Um, but like the shore trooper expansions are seven models for $28, seven models for $28. Right. So yeah, it's, I mean, you'd be getting, not even three models completely for for Shatterpoint with that. Um, the kind of interesting thing about Shatterpoint is that it's entirely set in the Clone Wars, so you're only going to have, like, Asajj Ventress, Dooku, uh, probably Anakin Skywalker in the 501st, yeah. um, Kenobi in the, what, is it 222nd or 202nd? I can't remember. Um... But yeah, I mean, GW charges like $60 for a squad, right? Uh, 30 to $35 for a named character. Uh, but their squads have between five and 10 models, right? So that's like the range of price for GW is, uh, I mean, what's fucking five over 60? I don't even know. Um, Wait, what? So GW models, like the unnamed little trooper infantry type guys, mm-hmm. the lower range for them is going to be like six bucks a model if it's a, a 10 model unit. Uh, but then it ranges up to like 30 to $35 for like a named infantry unit, right? So if I'm running Blood Angels and I want to get the new Dante, right? I think the new Dante is like 35 bucks. Yeah. Um. So these are kind of like smack in the middle of that. Um, and do they look terrible? No, like they look good. The Shatterpoint models look good, but also they're very expensive. And just looking at them for like new painters, it's going to be hard for new painters to paint them well, right? Because it's a lot of like, broad long surfaces and things it's it's where like not knowing about like paint flow and and that kind of stuff is really gonna like goofy up um i don't know but i was looking into that and the the prices really kind of like made me mad <laughs> but yeah so christian ended up uh buying he ended up buying the shadow collective box and he's going to be running Shadow Collective. And I actually oh, told I him. Think, I think you told me that last time. Yeah, I told him to message you about seeing if you still had your droid half of your uh, box. And uh, trying to get those from you if you really wanted them. Because Maul might. can run as a commander for droids. so I might I might still have them. Yeah. And they the, might be in uh, Kansas City. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, they're not even they're not even assembled. 
dude, I put my entire Blizzard Force box together in one day. Damn. Well, I was saving the droids for Michael because he was like going to hop in and play. But now he's moving to Minnesota. He's not moving anywhere. He's not moving anywhere. <laughs> he's staying right the fuck here. They just, they just got a new place. Oh, did it? Yeah. In this economy? Yeah, we we ain't we ain't talking about how much they're renting for. I was about to say it's an apartment. Yeah, it's like a newly built apartment off LPGA. Oh my god, it's dude. a one-one. Oh my god, dude. You know what's? I know that rent prices are insane right now because my complex has units that have been empty for months now, and Wild. I have like I know for a fact that without going into like income adjusted housing. I have the cheapest apartments in the area. Yeah. And they're sitting empty. Like they could be making money, but these apartments are sitting empty because they don't want to charge less than a certain amount for them. Yep. That has nothing to do with Star Wars Shatterpoint, but also prices too high. <laughs> we live in a society. All right. Um, more rings of power fallout. Oh, shit. Uh, so not only does the show have a body count now for the, I think, the one or two horses that died. <laughs> oh, no. It also has a body count for other TV shows. The Marvelous Miss Maisel showrunner blamed, and I'm quoting here from the article, the orcs for the show being canceled. So she said she and her husband would like the show to continue. They want it to continue. Uh-huh. Uh, but unfortunately it had been canceled. And whenever she got asked why she said the orcs, um, keep in mind right now, this marvelous Miss Maisel show, Mrs. Maisel, Ma- Ma- marvelous Miss Maisel. Yeah. Um, it's got an 8.7 out of 10 on IMDb, which you can take that with a grain of salt because IMDb is owned by Amazon. Yeah. Um, but it's got a 90% from critics on Rotten Tomatoes, 82% from audience on Rotten Tomatoes. I didn't see any funny stuff going on with that. Uh, and I've only heard good things. I've I've know people who have watched it. and I've heard good things. Yeah, I mean, I think Shelby watched it and she liked it. But yeah. uh, on Facebook, it's got a five out of five. On Facebook, <laughs> just it just popped up with Google, and I, I laughed when I saw it. So I, I don't <laughs> think we've used the Facebook reviews before. Yeah. Um. But yeah, hey, it's I one. mean. Amazon owns IMDb, and that's got a higher review than Rings of Power does, <laughs> which has a 7 out of 10. I mean, and it does not deserve that. So No, it doesn't. Uh, but Marvel's Miss Maisel has won uh, Golden Globes, Critics' Choice Awards, Peabody Awards. It's won different Guild Awards. Like, in general, it's a well-lauded show being cut short so they can move the budget from that show to Rings of Power. Wild. Um. Which already has an insane budget. And on top of that, a Variety article came out that Ismail Cruz Cordova, the guy that plays the, the dark-skinned elf, whose name I don't know in the show. Um, um, what is his name? I don't know. It's probably like something Uin. Arondir. Arondir, yeah. Yeah, Arondir. 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 He said that he had an on-set therapist uh, purportedly to deal with the racist backlash that he was receiving online. What do you think about that? 
I mean, I could see it. Like, I'm sure it was happening. Oh, yeah. No, it's definitely happening. But I kind of feel like it's the same thing as we were talking about last week, where it's like, why isn't the company, like, doing something to defend him from the racist backlash? Like, why are they dealing with the... It's like having a headache, right? And taking yeah. ap- and someone giving you aspirin for it and then finding out that like the headache is because you have a brain tumor, right? Like the aspirin's doing nothing for you. Like Amazon should be like controlling his accounts or something, you know, to like put up a wall between him and all of this racist backlash he's getting, right? Like Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Like I I'm I'm frustrated by the whole process of these things. But, I mean, we'll, we'll talk more about that in a bit because the, the racist rug um, for uh, The Little Mermaid as well, I think is is not going to like stand up for very long because people are starting to look at the numbers behind a lot of this stuff and being like, I don't think it is racism that th- is the issues here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and... Yeah. Oh, I... I know there was some, I, I feel like, I feel like I didn't even see that much surrounding him. I know, like, I know there was initially some, and then I think people were just like. Yeah, I think people were like. More so accepted his character. I didn't have an issue with his character. No, yeah. I mean, he's one of the only, like, half bearable characters in the yeah. show. And it's just now, because I mean, he has almost no dialogue. I don't know about shooting a rope to have a whole tower fall down on the enemy. That's. That was kind of dumb. <laughs> Also, uh, when he does the super leap to chop the, the orc roof down, but then like he can't jump to the uh, top yeah. of the fucking, uh, yeah. pit. Let's be real. The, the real, the real issue with the show is the writing. Dude. And then when he, he doesn't run away cause he doesn't want to get shot by arrows, but then like <laughs> later on he's catching arrows out of the fucking air to, to shoot back at the orcs. <laughs> like it's just, oh yeah. my God. But no, no, the real the real issue is the writing here, because Galadriel, you're as wet as a river rock. Is it river rock or river stone? I think it was river rock, wasn't it? What's the difference between a stone and a boat? <laughs> a boat is looking forward, while a rock only ever looks down. Yeah, it's River Rock. You're as wet as a River Rock. God, and there's, I hate that. There's literally just a, a fucking Reddit meme <laughs> of it. Oh, my God. Uh, let's be honest, all right? If you're a modern writer and you write the word wet in something, you fucked up. <laughs> you fucked up. You're going to get made fun of. You're telling a girl she's wet. <laughs> I... I I don't know how you wrote that person, in there. Here's the thing. <laughs> didn't know that it was No one get fucking memed. wrote it. We both know at this point that it was a fucking AI writing it, that they had stuck like a bunch of Tolkien's writing in. And then like, Amazon just has an advanced AI at their disposal that they're just having well, write their shows. I think they have a better AI now, but I think at the time it was a not very good AI. Yeah. All right, let's get to the Magic the Gathering fallout. Um, not much to talk about here. Just, uh, it's just. I want that as a soundbite that we can just play in the podcast. 
<laughs> oh god. Um All right. Let's oh, yeah. see. I was yeah. looking at the I was Magic looking at the art for the Magic Lord of the Rings Gathering. set. And I guess like Magic the Gathering's art in general, I think has degraded. Yeah. Like with them trying to make it uniform, I feel like it's being cheapened. I haven't been a fan of their art in a while. Yeah. Especially when you have stuff like the the one new card game I showed you, Sorcery, that is taking... Yeah, when we looked at the art for that, I, I thought it was a lot better. Very impressive. I mean, you have Rosetta in there. And like, you have, yeah. like, I don't know, just that old classic fantasy feel this with stuff, those cards. The new magic stuff looks like it's trying to be comic book art. And I don't know if that's because they plan on at some point releasing does. a line of comics for it that will already have their, like, art style in place for it. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I just, I didn't really care for it. Yeah, I'm not as well fan. as, like, the lore stuff. Because I don't know if you know this, but... Tolkien got into a little spat with the Danish translation. So the publisher for the Danish translation, the translator was like asking him if he could change things to make it more like Danish for the Danish people. Mm -hmm. And Tolkien essentially said, no, don't meddle with my work. I made it the way that I wanted it. Uh, it's, I mean, he said it in like a very backhanded sort of way, but like yeah. uh, was essentially like, it's cute that you think you can do in a few months what it took me years to do, but I'm not going to put up with any more of this. You're not changing any of the names of the places, locations, people. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not going to like, he sent this letter to like the translator and his publisher and was like, no. Hard no, <laughs> never. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, knowing that, I think beyond a shadow of a doubt, you could say that he would not be cool with what they've done with this set of cards. No, I don't think he'd be cool with this. I don't think he'd be cool with Rings of Power. I don't think he'd be cool with a lot of the shit we're getting. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean... I can't even imagine what he'd think of something like that Golem game. But um, <laughs> I honestly don't think he game would even be cool with the uh, Jackson films. Probably not. I don't think so. I, I think he just would think that they're too shallow. They just don't go, they don't go far enough to really portray the work. Yeah. There's only so much you can get out of that. You cut it, you cut a lot out when you mm -hmm. produce a film like that. I mean, I've they're I love them. They're yeah. loved by and making all like of us, the necessary changes for yeah. it to be adapted for film. Yeah, but I'm like when when it's your life's work. Yeah, obviously having someone else portray it without your oversight and your yeah. direct approval, it, it's never going to live up to that. Um, I also hate that this set is just like. I mean, we were talking about this in the car on the way here, but, like, the Easterlings just look like... They whitewashed them? <laughs> <laughs> they whitewashed the Easterlings? They, white, they whitewashed the one... It's not even the fact that they made the Easterlings white, but it's the <laughs> fact that they just went with, like, generic Viking woman 
Yeah. For like the Easter Lang art. Yeah, they literally took the one like non-white representation that you had in Lord of the Rings. They're like, we're gonna make it white. Is that, I mean, white people from the South being the villain is like. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so fucking silly <laughs> like exactly yeah exactly and the fact that they look like nordic barbarians you know yeah uh viking barbarian type shit yeah so it honestly looks like recycled art from their older sets that's what a yeah. lot of this stuff looks like oh yeah me. no it does and and my thing is and i've talked to you know i still play and we have all my friends i have some of these guys pre-ordering these boxes, pre-ordering collector's boxes. First of all, if you're trying to get the one ring, it's like fucking playing the lottery. And I don't even put it past wizards to have just given the ring out to a celebrity like Post Malone or, you know, the NFL player who plays Cassius Marsh or like any of these guys. You know, I think it'd be, obviously it's going to be super disingenuous if they do this, but yeah. like if you're trying to get the one ring, it's like playing the lottery, save your money. Instead of paying $376 now, an extra $25 on top of, I think, the price we originally talked about, $350. It's $376 to buy a collector's box for 12 packs. Yep. 12 yep. Yep. packs of cards. Um, oh, thanks. Michael's talking about buying a, a, a fucking collector's box. I, I was just like, don't, don't fucking do it. Yeah. Here's my other thing. A regular, I think, draft booster box of it is $150. Yeah. $50 more than what you normally can get those at, which I think even now, normally you can find a lot of draft boosters in like the 80 to 90 range. Um, I just, like my final note for this was just like, it's a boring low effort cash yeah. grab. Well, that that's, my thing is. Even the secret lair drops for this are like the, you know how they do like special land secret lair drops? Yeah. It's like the fucking, I think the swamps that I was looking at are just, they just look like a map that says a location, Mordor. Yeah. And it's like, oh no, the, these will be these will be in the um, in the packs. Those are in the packs. Yeah, these. I fucking. Yeah. It doesn't even look like Tolkien's art. It doesn't. Like they um, had the opportunity to, if they were allowed, like do homage to his art and like put his art and that kind of stuff in these, but like they didn't. Yeah. Well, like you're charging so much extra for for a box. And on top of that, it's not even a limited product. They're printing this to demand. So once it product sells, they're just going to keep printing it until people stop buying it. So with unlimited supply like that, why are we charging more? You're not doing a limited run. Why are you charging an extra $50, $70, whatever? You know why? Because they're not going to put because that. Hasbro's trying to recoup some of their put fucking the one loss. Ring card in, yeah, and then they're just gonna they're gonna be like, guys, it's still out there. No one said that they found know, it. Do you know the current highest bounty for the one ring card to what buy it? A million dollars. No, oh, I figured. Yep. Um, so this week is when they people have finally started like putting their their bids out for it. It started like someone put out like hundred k bid or or like bounty on it. Someone then immediately after someone put one hundred fifty k. And then Cassius Marsh, the NFL player, said he owns his own LGS in, like, Los Angeles or somewhere. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, yep, straight up, half a mil. Like, I'll... I'll and then some other game store came out and was just like, oh, well... Like, that was yesterday that he put out the half a mil one. So today someone was like, yep, we'll straight up a million dollars. 
which would make it the, I think the highest ever amount paid for a Black Lotus, like a, a I think it's like a BGS 10 Black Lotus that Post Malone bought was like 800K or something. So it's like now this one ring that's not even out in circulation yet, supposedly, yeah, will now be, without even hitting the market, be the most expensive Magic card ever. Which is stupid because my thing is like a Black Lotus, there were only so many Black Lotuses printed. There yeah. will only ever be so many Black Lotuses printed. Yeah. And that's in functionality. Like, like you... They're never going to print a normal Black Lotus, and especially if you get a high-graded one. That's hard because they're not printing these. Yeah. The ring... It's also that it's a like, e 25-year-old yeah, card now. Even yeah. though this ring is a one-of-one, one, like this art or whatever, the ring is still a printed card in this set, and they're going to print it to oblivion. When did Alpha come out? 93? 93. Three? 93 is when. Okay. Magic so it's first a fucking 30-year-old card. Yeah. It is a 30-year-old card. But my thing is, the one ring, they're... They have other versions of it in the set. Like, in functionality, you can get the exact same card in the set that's going to be printed to Oblivion. And you can get just however many fucking copies. I don't know. Maybe I'll buy a box, and if I get it, I'll just lick it. Well, I was thinking of getting... I was I was considering getting a box. I'll eat it. Um, and then I'll take a million dollar shit. I was thinking of getting, like, a draft booster, like, set booster, when the price tanks after everyone... After the initial, like storm of everyone buying this up and then they do another print run and then they just flood the market with more well, supply and the I mean, price drops. People are already saying that like Hasbro's having to take these, like they're overprinting cards and sending them to like landfills and stuff. Yeah. And then it's going to happen whenever people figured out which landfills they were going to, <laughs> they went, Oh fuck. Now we got to like destroy these ourselves. Yeah. So they're probably just burning them. Um, but now the, the power creep in this set, is starting to. I think I, I sent someone a card today. They printed, I think it's like myth, the mithril plate, the mithril body or whatever. So it's an artifact. Mithril coat. Mm -hmm. It's an equipment, a three a three mana equipment. Mm -hmm. It's got flash, so it can be played at instant speed. Yep. When it enters the battlefield, you can immediately attach it to a legendary creature and it gives that creature indestructible. So for commander. You can literally, you have a three cost indestructible that auto attaches to a creature yeah. permanently as soon as it hits the field. It, it's like, I'm pretty sure the only, like the most similar thing is like dark steel plate or whatever. And I can't, I think that was like a six good cost. For, uh, <laughs> pretty good for that Zergo ass smasher deck I used to have. Dude. Yeah. I, I'm just like, this is going to, this is going to be, I, as soon as they tease this card, I send it to our, our group chat that we, for like us playing at the bar and whatever. And I was just like, this is instantly a new commander staple. This is going to be in every, it's going to be soaring. It's going to be in every commander deck yep. because you can play your commander for three mana. You just immediately give it indestructible permanently. Mm -hmm. The closest thing to that is dark steel plate, which was a three cost does artifact. Does it have indestructible though? It does. The, the artifact itself has indestructible wow. too. It's got flash. The artifact itself is indestructible, and then you pay you you well you know drop what it uh, I always say, and then Jake took way too far. Is uh, the only thing stronger than a kill is a forced sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is true. Um, I I put I put together that, uh, a deck recently. You know, just send that shit to exile. They do have that one new one new card. I'm sure that's getting played a lot in white. Is farewell, which is a, a an exile board wipe. I think it's a pretty a pretty cheap cost too. Yeah. But it just exiles the whole field. 
Okay. That. Enough magic. Fuck Enough magic. magic. Um, I'm quitting. I'm quitting magic. Did Did we want to break from my stories? Do you have any anything you want to talk about? Um. Well, you had told me you want to talk about foundation. If you want to talk about, if that's like the one that you have, we can leave that for a little bit because that's going to be a long conversation. <laughs> yeah, we can. I, I, when once once I told you I watched it and I loved it, and you were like, "Oh no," I was like, "Oh yeah, he's going to have something on this." <laughs> I really like the book Foundation. See, okay. I liked the show, but. I've never read the book, so I feel like if I read the book... They destroyed my favorite character. Who was your favorite character? Uh, oh, fuck. She's like the Lone Ranger character in the show. Oh, um, Hardin. Uh, Salvor. Salvor Hardin. Yeah. Yeah, he's like the mayor in the book. He's the fucking dude. And then they turned him into a black woman who's like... I kick ass. And you're like, no, it's not his character. Dude, his character outsmarts everyone, you idiot. It, it's funny you say that because I was watching the show and I go, for some reason I felt like the character should have been like this, like this dude just running around and like trying to main, like maintain or like trying to use his brain to maintain order. Instead of like, it, it just felt like she was all over the place. Yeah, that's bad writing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, no, we'll get there in a second. I got, I got some more fun stuff before we get there. Uh, have you seen AI underscore sponge on YouTube? No. Okay, it's an A. Okay, this is the, so that's the name of the channel. All right, the name of the stream. It's an ongoing stream. The title of the stream is AI generated sponge exclamation point. And then in parentheses, parody it is an ai spongebob show <laughs> that is streaming constantly on youtube uh like today whenever i checked at 12 45 p.m it had six and a half thousand concurrent viewers uh i've been getting this stream recommended to me for about a week now and uh it's definitely in the vein of like the ai seinfeld that was on twitch and, uh, like, viewers can pay to be a fish in the stream, can affect the dialogue. Uh, it's fucking wild. Like, literally the first time... <laughs> the first time that I went, what the fuck is this? And, like, played it to, to see what it was. The very first thing that happened was that SpongeBob was talking to Sandy and said, "Maybe you need to take a pregnancy test." And I went, <laughs> <laughs> "What?" Um, no, apparently it's down now. Is it? It's not currently live. Oh man, maybe it's just up for certain times. Oh, and I, I think they must have like done something to piss off YouTube because they even trying to like go watch the last stream, which was a day ago. Mm-hmm. which is a 49-hour stream. Oh, well. Um, I, I click on it. It says, this live stream recording is not available. I I, I had to wonder how soon it was going to get go. shut down. Oh. Get out of here. Sure. Um, because it was like, that was the first thing I heard. I watched this for like maybe five minutes just to see like how it worked. Uh, there was a point where um, SpongeBob is talking to Squidward and he's like, Squidward, do you know any good jokes? And he goes, 
yeah, but this one's a little naughty. And he's like, what is it? And he's like, I love to eat cum. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh. Don't worry, SpongeBob. I've already talked to him and he said it was okay. Mr. Rats said it was okay. <laughs> well, he thinks it'll be a great experience for us. They're talking about going to Brazil. Well, if Mr. Rap says it's okay. <laughs> the way okay, stop it. <laughs> Turn this <laughs> off. <laughs> Make it okay. stop. Oh, man. So, I guess that's the AI news of the week. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll be awaiting the next live stream. Um, all right, let's get back to some, some silly uh, movie talk. Um, I want to bring up some numbers now about Little Mermaid... Fast X, and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Now, last week we talked about Little Mermaid and how the entire rest of the world was racist, and that's why they didn't go see this movie. Um, in that time, I think Fast X came out and uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse has come out. Uh, so let's go through some numbers real quick. Little Mermaid, globally... As of today, is estimated to have taken in about three hundred twenty-seven million. Um, the viewership is tanking, though. I don't think it's likely to see five hundred million. Um, it especially tanked in China and Korea, two major markets for Disney. Um, it it was outperformed in China this past weekend, not only by. Fast X, but by Guardians of the Galaxy. Huh. Um, Little Mermaid in China has only grossed $3.5 million total. That's wild. Um, That's a very small number. South Korea total, $4.4 million. Um, the domestic opening for it has been adjusted down to $95.5 million. So remember before we were saying like across the long weekend or whatever it had, it had pulled in like 117 million, but for just its opening weekend, only $95.5 million. Um, yeah. so compare this to Spider-Man, uh, across the Spider-Verse. It had a domestic opening of $120.6 million. Uh, it hasn't opened yet, or the numbers aren't available yet, for most of the Asia-Pacific market, um, but it's already sitting at a global take of $221 million. So it is sprinting, and it still has, like, half of the markets that it needs to, like, open in. Um, yeah. Then... Uh, Fast X, a relatively small domestic opening, $67 million. Uh, currently, for domestic, it's sitting at $130 million. The international take is currently sitting at $530 million. $110 million in China, gross. $117 million in China, gross. $129 million domestic gross. 660 million worldwide. Damn. Currently. 
Okay, so the second two movies, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Black Lead, racially diverse. Yeah. Uh, Fast X, racially diverse cast. Yeah. Both of them fucking smashed Little Mermaid. Yeah. A movie that I, I mean, think not Disney actually, but like at the box office. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, isn't that what she was looking for? <laughs> so now she gets her voice back. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. So let me pose the question here. Is it racism that kept the Little Mermaid from being a success? Because people are saying that this is actually going to lose Disney money now. Yeah. Uh, I think we discussed this last time. I said, no. I think, I don't think enough people care about the live action adaptations. Again, I don't, it, again, we're just retelling the same story and adding, adding nonsense to it. Cause apparently we just need to increase the runtime for fucking no reason. Yeah, like that hour long runtime kind of blows me away. Yeah. Even watching, which we'll get to eventually the last Jedi. Uh, I was like, this movie needed to have been, yeah. Like an hour and a half shorter. Um, but <laughs> I mean, Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse, 97% from critics. Quit fucking with your mic. Sorry. 97% from critics. 94 audience. And you know what's crazy? When I go click on that audience rating, it doesn't take me to only the verified audience. It takes me to all audience scores. Damn. Damn. What's up? <laughs> but yeah. Black lead. Yeah. Black lead. So like love some Miles Morales. What's up with that? Why wasn't that? Uh, I mean, Peter Parker, White Spider Man, replaced by Miles Morales. Uh, half is he half Puerto Rican? I can't remember what his his uh, Latin half is. I don't remember. So half black, half Hispanic, and in any rate, uh, replaced the white character. People still like the character though. Because the stories that have come out in film, at least, have been good. Yeah. Like the I saw the first one. I haven't had a chance to see this one yet. He is, he's like, he's African American, Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard it's good, so I'll probably yeah. see it. Uh, Fast X, however, eighty-five percent audience score. Let me see if that's just verified. They they had to go with verified for that one because the critics the critic rating is fifty six percent. I mean, the critics don't like movies about cars. I also there's a reason that one of the largest markets for this movie is Italy, right? Which <laughs> which doesn't get brought up a lot, right? That's but like me great. going through, it's the uh, it's the second highest market for it. They have a need for speed. It's a different um, franchise. I know. Uh, I, I'm tired. Of, I'm tired of the Fast Furious movies. I think there's too fucking many. Um, I was tired of them after like the second one. So. Let them die. Um, people like them though. I have not watched all of them, so. But it's it's another one of those things where it's like you make a fun movie, people are gonna like it, you know. Yeah. All right. So now. Uh, had a little article from WDW Pro. If people are familiar with them um, and trust them, uh, that's cool. If you don't, I think this is still just interesting. Um, so there was a, they did an article, report. 
UK government threatening to dissolve Star Wars Acolyte production and seize assets. So the article basically boils down to saying the shell company in charge of production for the Acolyte was given public notice that it was out of compliance with the UK's Business Registration Authority, uh, which I believe is called the company's house. Um, It's kind of interesting because the show is done with both first and second unit production. So that means that uh, all of the narrative and all of the action stuff has been filmed. And it is uh, purportedly uh, just in the process of the CGI and the visual effects and that sort of stuff. Um, With them not keeping up with their business licenses and things for the UK... Do we think that the Acolyte is only going to get one season? Or do we think that this is just Disney accounting goofing up and they're going to like write this at some point? Because I haven't heard anything good about the Acolyte's production. Yeah, We've got sounds like a mess. Leslie Headland, who... Uh, is Harvey Weinstein's <laughs> ex uh, personal assistant, who's the head of the project. We've got the lawsuit um, from the woman who I cannot remember her name right now. It's in my notes somewhere, but uh, who was suing the production company because they hired her. She yeah. worked for them for three weeks, and then on day one of like actual production, they fired her. Uh, they let her go try to give her a $5,000 check for her work. Um, and, and she sued. It's pretty good for one day's work. <laughs> uh, yeah, for us fucking peons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I just, A, I think this show is going to be another one in the vein of Kenobi where it comes out. No one really cares about it. The people who do finish it, finish it out of like anger because they're like, why are you still making projects this bad? Yeah. Uh, B, this is Disney's or Lucasfilm specifically's attempt to bring their High Republic era stuff to the screen, which has not been popular in print. Um, And I don't know why they are continuing to try to force it to work. Um, and see, there's these issues behind the, 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 the in production, you know, uh, what was my A point? <laughs> I don't know. I just, nothing about this excites me and hearing all of the stuff surrounding production of it just makes me dread having to watch it at some point. Which is, I mean, I don't have to watch it, but I'm I'm gonna fucking watch it because yeah. someone needs to continue to hate. Someone needs to continue to hate. If no one witnessed the Holocaust, oh god, <laughs> You're people canceled. would still be committing You're the Holocaust. You're 
canceled. If no one witnessed the atrocities of the USSR, the USSR would still be committing atrocities. Some say it is in Ukraine. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Me either. Are you excited whatsoever for like the Acolyte to come out? Nope. I don't care about any Star Wars shit anymore. It's 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 hard. Uh, okay, let's talk about Foundation. I oh, you, want, want, you want to do this before Star Wars? Yeah, I want to know what you liked about the show, what you feel like the the kind of like major themes of the show was. Because I'll be honest with you, I did not finish it back when I tried to watch it because it yeah. made me angry. And Shelby also was not enjoying it. I, so I want to know what you enjoyed about it. I enjoyed... I think I enjoyed the larger picture of it as like the world that exists, like the whole, the concept of an empire. I, I like the, the concept of the emperor. So you like the, uh, we, the, we pay stuff. Yeah. I would agree with you that that aspect of the show yeah. was the closest to like being good because the only time I was interested in the show was whenever Lee Pace was on screen. Yeah. I, I liked the con. I, I like that concept of like this emperor was just like, yeah, fuck it. I'm just going to rule forever and just like have clones where there's like three of me ruling at a time, yeah. like young, young version, adult version, elderly version, you know, they work together. To, to do this shit. So I like that. Because um, the premise behind that is that it, it's stability, right? Yeah. Like, uh, it, it gives a stable foundation to build the empire on. Yeah. Um, and with the previous emperor uh, being there for, like, wisdom to give the, the younger exactly emperor, yeah. and he's leading in his strength, like, in the vitality of his youth, kind of. Yeah. And then the two of them are teaching the youngest one. Yeah. It's, it's like you get, you get, cause obviously your viewpoints change as you get older through your, throughout your age. So it's it, having the three of them. I think it's interesting how you get the viewpoints from all the generations or like yeah. all three of them to converge. And then um, they play with that with like the, the genetic foundation of them is decaying and uh, is very soon going to like not be usable whatsoever. Yeah. Well, you know, like, I don't, and again, I haven't read the book, so maybe I'll read it now because he's I like not this. in the book. Oh, he's not. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to need to read this to figure <laughs> out what the fuck is going on. Um, he so, might be in one of like the later books because foundation does go on for a while. Oh yeah. No, I, I looked at the, the whole uh, timeline here. Yeah. But if you want, how he wrote, you he wrote like prequels the later original on. trilogy, it, uh, he's not in there. Okay. Well, I want to read it anyways. Probably gonna read it. I highly recommend it, and it's very digestible because the it's written as like a meta narrative. So the first book is like five, uh, kind of like loose, loosely linked short stories that tell a, a greater story. Yeah. Um, no, I'm probably gonna read it. The other thing I liked, um, I just liked this. I, I also liked the concept of like. Again, it all comes down to bigger picture. Like, okay, you have like Harry Selden, who's just like. Yeah, this shit's gonna all fucking fall apart, and we gotta go make a 
a vault. We got to make a library. We got to compile human knowledge. But that's not actually what he's doing. He's just setting the seeds of a revolution against the empire. Oh, God. Is that... Is that what they do with it? Like, uh... When... So you have, like, like... Foundation ends up being, like, leading a revolt against the empire? Yeah, so what ends up happening is... Because, um, again, I only watched, like, the first, I think, four episodes before I went, I cannot fucking stand the show anymore. Yeah. And it was done. And, and from what I read, it sounds like that this is not how it goes in the book. Because it sounds like Salvo Hardin does some shit with the Anacreans and, like, the... So basically, he sets Foundation up to be stuck in the middle of two, like, warring planets. Yeah, yeah. Anacreon. Anac- it's Anacreon and. Anacreon and Thev. Something with a T. Something like that. So basically, what he does is he, he puts Foundation in a place so that these, like, societal hardships would pop up. And he would be like, basically you guys are on like, you guys are on the correct path if this has happened. And then he would like give you a string of events and um, like, I think by the end of the first book, he's like, at this point you guys are kind of on your own because this is about where the limit of my, my stuff is. But also like, this is what should have happened. And then none of it has happened. And they're like, Oh, Fuck. <laughs> I want to read the book now. And because the whole premise of it, right, is that he's, his whole math, like the, the idea behind his mathematics is that a single individual, their decisions cannot be uh, like forecast or like yeah, uh, yeah. predicted. It's just the bigger picture. Yeah. But like mobs of people can yeah. be predicted. Yeah. Uh, and so what ends up happening is he sets all of this into place and a mutant pops up who can control people. Oh. And his name is the mule. And I think he might come into the show at some point. He didn't come into the show. At okay. This, um, I think I, I saw something about the mule. Um, cause I was, I was just like looking through like foundation stuff. Yeah. Like online or whatever. No, because like the whole thing with this one was, um, I don't know how far you got. Uh, how, because he died. He, does, when does he die in the book? He's dead, I think, before they, like, I don't think he goes to Foundation. First so, off, yeah, he definitely, he doesn't go to Foundation. Uh, keep in mind, I if I get some things wrong here, it's because I read this when I was about yeah. 20 years old, right? And I'm yeah. pushing 30. Yeah. Um, so it has been about 10 years since I read this. Uh, but he doesn't go to Foundation. Uh, he sends them there, and then they, like, democratically elect someone yeah, to be the he, mayor. Well, so he never, he never makes it there in the show. Yeah, he gets murdered. I saw that. Okay, yes. Well, murdered. It was like... He foretold his de- like he he knew he needed to die. Yeah, he fucking martyrs himself to like give them yeah. all something around. Yeah, him. yeah. He, he's trying to basically become like a yeah. Basically, he's a martyr. He's Which trying to become like someone stupid. Know. And they have a statue totally, of him in the in the town. It's so fucking counter what 
the whole point of the story is. Yeah. Um, sorry. Well, then, what, uh, in that vein, yeah. what do you feel like the major theme of the show is? Because, like, shows and works of art are kind of, like, defined by their themes, right? It's like, what's the... Yeah the larger message that this is supposed to give you to take away from it. So that like when you're done with this story, you have something to leave with and carry with you. So like, what do you feel like that was with this show? Um, like what's the lasting impression that would encourage you to encourage someone else to watch this? Um, see, I just found it entertaining. Pure entertainment. I wasn't looking for like a deeper meaning or anything. That's so frustrating because whenever Asimov wrote stuff, he was always like writing it for a deeper meaning. I mean, the guy was a good author. And keep in mind, he wrote Foundation when he was like, I think before he was 21. He had he'd written all the stories for that first foundation book. Yeah. Um so he was a young man when he wrote it. Uh but a very, very bright dude. Like Asimov worked for I think NASA. Uh he was a full blown scientist. Uh he he comes from that generation of like, you're not just a writer, you're something else and you write. Yeah. Like that's what he was. Um in fact, I would even argue that a lot of the time his writing is not particularly great, but his his stories are, right? So you'll have someone like uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald, right? Mm-hmm. Whose stories I find dreadfully boring. I cannot stand him. He wrote The Great Gatsby. Uh, the Great Gatsby is like the most boring book ever, but there's like some prose in there that's like some very florid, beautiful writing. Yeah. Um, Asimov, I feel like, is the opposite. Not very florid, beautiful writing, but like very punchy at times, and uh, usually he's saying something with it. Um, to be fair, Fitzgerald was also saying things, but I just think it's a bunch of fucking depressive, nihilistic nonsense. Yeah. Um, but like Asimov was very much a guy that was like technology is fantastic. It's going to lead us into like a new, uh, realm of like human potential. And like, cause he also wrote iRobot. Do you know that? Yeah. And iRobot is also written pretty much the same way as foundation was. It's a, it's a series of stories that tell a larger story. Yeah. Um, I believe the term for that's meta narrative. If I remember right. Um, I just got so distracted because I was like, what, what is on my knuckle? And I just have one very long knuckle hair. And I think it's cause I haven't played in, with fire in long enough to accidentally singe off all my knuckle hair. Um, Oh, so what are you looking up? Asimov's daughter is one of the producers on the show. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah. Executive producer.
Yeah, I just thought it was entertaining. I enjoyed it for what it was. So, something else. A word that's been thrown around in regard to Foundation has been unfilmable. Um, ah. People like have often said that it's unfilmable because, like, the timeline of the first book is something like 500 years or something like that. Um, maybe even a thousand. Yeah. Because it's like these big sweeping societal changes happen. It'd be like, it'd be like trying to film the Silmarillion. Yes, exactly. So you end up with like kind of the same issues that rings of power has where it's like, Oh, let's try and condense all this down into like one 20 year period and it just doesn't work, right? Because it's like... Yeah, it fucks the timeline up. Yeah. Because, um, like, you also see the roots of, like, some of the 40K stuff in Foundation. Because, like, one of the solutions to their problems, right, is they have the two warring tribes that are like, we need your technology so we can go fuck them up. And they're like, we yeah. really don't want to give either one of you our technology. So what they do is they they give it to them, but they say only we can operate this because, and they basically make a religion out of it. Huh. They're like, only we know the proper rights for using this stuff, mm-hmm. which if you're familiar with 40 K is like the tech cults of Mars. Yeah. So the Omnisaya and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and so in doing that, they kind of like, they give them both technology to make their lives better and through making their lives better cease them needing to go to war for like resource purposes and so there's like this tentative peace which then becomes they are both like swearing fealty to foundation who is ruling them through like a religious uh, techno government you know um and it's like it's it's really interesting and then um because foundation itself has like no natural resources they're dependent on these two other planets for their resources so they get the resources from them they bring it back to them they have nothing so they have to make things like hyper efficient so within 500 years they have technology that the rest of the the galactic empire whatever it's called doesn't have they have like personal shields they have like handheld laser cannons damn uh yeah there's like a point where they someone revisits the center of the empire because they're like oh we need to see what's going on and like things have gotten fucked for the empire within like 500 years and there's a point where like someone goes to threaten whoever it is and they pull out their laser gun, shoot them and it blasts a hole, not just like through the dude, but like through the next three walls behind him because (laughs) their fucking gun is so strong and they don't have like personal shields or anything. It's uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I went on a tangent there, but like those books are fucking cool. And like, cause he sets so much up with foundation and then yeah. he totally, in a good way, like subverts expectations by introducing the mule and being like, now here's a real problem. 
And then they find out about, which I think this comes into the show, about Second Foundation. Yeah, they mentioned it. Yeah. it. They don't do a whole lot with it because, like, it's mentioned and then he, like, there's this whole thing with, like, him and his, like, his, like, AI or whatever. Like, basically, like, the version of him that's uploaded into the chip or whatever that's on the ship with Gale. And he's, like, Gale, he's, like, telling Gale there's, like, a second one. And he's, like, trying to take her there or something. And she's, like, no, fuck you. Like, I'm leaving. And she ends up leaving. And, like, that's where they leave, like, that whole part. It's, like, we know there is one. But, like, they just leave it on the open. And then she hops in a cryopod. And she goes the fuck back to her home planet. Which is, like, a 130-something year journey. So, like, you basically leave off the first season where Salvor... Salvor goes... There's only one season, right? The second one's coming out in July. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're doing a second one. We're going to have to cancel it. Yeah. Um, Salvor hops into a ship at the end after they figure their shit out on Terminus, and they create the alliance between the three planets. Terminus Um, is the capital, right? Terminus, yeah. Terminus is the planet they live on. Um, And then you have the two other planets. So Terminus is the planet the Foundation is on. Yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so they have the three planets. Or they they come up, they they create the alliance between all of them, and then Salvor's like, N- I think I'm like giving being given signs to go find my mom, which is Gale. Yeah, and so she hops into the f- the fucking ship and takes off, and then you like, you skip to like Gale in the cryopod, like 130 fucking years later, hitting her home planet, and then she finds a cryopod under the water and it's fucking Salvor and she like releases her. She's been like in cryo for like a century, just like waiting, like trying to, her, her pod crashed on the planet and she got stuck there. And so then they release and then that's where they leave it. It's like, they're about to fucking talk. So. I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably read the book and then I'll probably hate the show. But for now, well, dude, I enjoyed the it. The book is so like old school too, because uh, yeah. I think it's Salvor Hardeen is the he's like the elected mayor or something. Yeah, he's the apparently he's the mayor, and he's just like the cigar smoking man's man kind of character. Yeah, and then he's just like oh, fucking ruined him in this. Sh- like I watched the show and remember they called the one character uh, Salvor Harden or whatever. I just I remember looking at Shelby and being like. They killed my boy. <laughs> they killed my boy. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I was real frustrated watching that show. Because I was just like, none of this happens. None of this. But Lee Pace is great in the show. And he also, was fucking great. I think it's a it's a pretty show. Like, you can tell he spent money on the effects. Like, yeah. it looks good. In fact, one of the reviews I said... One of the reviews, I think, from Vulture, if I remember correctly. This would be, like, the one time I remember where I read an article. Uh, the review for the show was, like, it makes a very pretty screensaver. <laughs> <laughs> so so there's nothing with the Emperor in the book? No. Uh, maybe crazy. in one of the other books. Like, I could see him wanting to be like, well, yeah, maybe I'll detail, like, the, the fall of like the capital or whatever it's called. Um, But no, like foundation, 
what is this like foundation second foundation and something else that, that's what i think is his storyline was probably the most compelling i felt like out of the entire show yeah but um, part of it's also he's the only like good yeah. actor because the they, they did they did a thing at the end at the end of the show you like you find out um that like there's like a rogue group or whatever basically like someone was able to like kidnap or like smuggle out one of the like embryo version like one of the like because i don't know if you saw like for each version of the emperor mm -hmm. they keep one like in a cryo that's like aging at the same rate so like if there was an accident where like one of them just randomly immediately died they had a, an, an exact about replacement. His psyche being uploaded, like every day or something yep. like that. Yep. Yeah. So it's it, there, so there's. So if he died, it would upload him into yeah. the, the and replacement they, body. Yeah, they literally yeah. just activate the replacement body. They'd have an exact replica ready to go right then and there. Yeah. So apparently, like they smuggled out, like you'd think that a guy who could potentially be killed many times, they'd have like five or six. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. In pots at a time, you know. Yeah. They might have, well, because he's got like the he's got his own like personal shields and shit, or whatever he's got, yeah, going on. But um, uh, there's apparently like some like rogue group that managed to get one out, and he's like the same like so like this is like when you have like at this point, brother Don's like 17 years old. Yeah, it's so, like the youngest one is 17, so like they're pretty everyone's pretty far up in their like at the at their whatever their scale their timeline whenever they you know, shift. Um, so he's 17 at this point and there's like, they have like this like exact version of him that's 17 years old and they ba they basically like, I don't know, the, the garden, the, there's like this gardener girl that he falls in love with and she convinces him to run away. He runs away and then they're like trying to take his nanobots and basically they're trying to seat this, yeah, this replica on, on the yeah. throne. Yeah. Um, and then you find out through that that they've, like, fucked with the genetic code. And then you find out later that, like, they did it for all the emperors. It's so, like, now the the entire line's just fucked. Like, they're never going to get an exact replica of the emperor ever again. Because, like, you find out, like, he, you find out he's, like, colorblind and all this shit. And he's, like, he's left-handed, so he's not an exact replica. And then, like, the reason for that is they fucked up the genetic code for everyone. I think it's funny that of all the things that they chose to show like genetic disposition for, they went with handedness because yeah, it's weird. Most of handedness is, is a taut feature. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if that was like, I think they mainly were just doing so that he's like so different than them. He's like, I'm just not like, I'm not going to be one of them. And maybe it comes down to like, it is learned, but maybe, just like representing how like well like a lot of Middle Eastern societies because like you don't shake hands with your left hand because that's your booty wiping hand yeah like you don't eat, you don't eat with right your left hand. hand yeah for the same reason so like it's there are societal forces that can force you to be like right-handed and it's typically not an issue for people you know yeah um, it's only in backwards liberal societies like America where we get fuck up mutant people like you with your left-handedness. <laughs> Shit. I'm an abomination. <laughs> I'm a witch. I'm a witch. You know what's funny is uh, I think my dad is also left-handed and so is Shelby. So You're surrounded. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, Star Wars. You want to go? You want to do? Yeah. Want to do this? Yeah. It's, it's the last Jedi week. We watched Last Jedi. This is my favorite of all of the Star Wars movies. It's, I love this one. The best one. It has the gooderest writing. If you thought it was snow, it's, it's salt. salt. It's it's not snow, it's salt. Because the rebels, they found the secret base and they blew it up and now they went to a different secret base. And we can have a really cool, there. we can shoot a really cool scene they where there's like red stuff. The there's it's red, it's red. And under the salt, it's red. Red is like blood. It's a it's a mystery. It's a symbol for blood. It means passion. Under the salt is passion. Uh, this is for the fans. This one goes out to all the fans. Um, I wrote a pros and cons list for this one because I said I have so many pros for this movie. I probably won't be able to make even three cons. So <laughs> for pros, there's a lightsaber dismemberment. Um, Snoke gets cut into pieces. Also, some of the the Emperor's guards. They're not Emperor's guards in this one. I don't know what they're actually called, but the Red Guard people. Uh, that's from Skyrim. They're not actually Red Guard, but they're uh, they're guys they're in red guards. armor, and they have Snoke's guards. And they one of them gets cut into pieces. Another guy gets turned into confetti. I don't know why they have confetti makers in the Emperor's room. Uh, I guess in case he he likes to party. Uh, the Ben Swallow scene was also very good. I like when he doesn't have a shirt on, but his pants are too high, and he looks funny. And his boobies are bigger than Ray's boobies. That's kind of crazy in this movie. That the man done, got the bigger now? boobies are than Ray's now? movies. Also in this movie, the music is good, because once again, it's John Williams, and he makes the movie the movies have the music, and that's good for all of us. I have only three cons. There's only three bad things about this movie. It's pompously written, it's lore-breaking, and it interjects modern commentary into an opera. Oh, Jesus Christ. Everything else could movie about it. Well. Do we even need to talk about it now? We can just be done. It contained my favorite character, DJ. <laughs> I love that they're like, oh... When Rose goes, you snake, I was like, that's so fucked up that they made him be a snake for this whole movie. He's just the... And you're like, oh my <laughs> God, you gave him a fucking speech impediment just to make him more snake-like? That's so fucked up, man. They gave him a fucking physical deformity just to make him more like a snake. And he's played by Benicio Del Toro. I didn't even think about that. An award-winning actor. A beautiful boy. Who was so underutilized in this fucking movie. All right, no. I'm going to say right off the bat, because this is how the movie opens up. Uh, I was incredibly frustrated with the ship design and the tactics in this one. The First Order fucking shows up with one of their biggest ships a heavy dreadnought or whatever the hell it's called. And they have zero fighter escort. Yeah. Like they don't come out of hyperspace and immediately deploy a fighter escort. Like do, it, you don't even have to be a like big brainer guy to be like, of course they have a fighter escort. Every other star Wars movie. If there is a ship, it has a fighter escort. The fucking death star has a fighter escort. 
there are fighter patrols around the Death Star that they come up against in A New Hope. Horrendously written. <laughs> but then also, like, uh, the fucking contrivance for, like, oh, their ships are lighter and faster than ours, but they can't lose us. What are you fucking talking about? Like, I get the whole, uh, oh, there's hyperspace tracking, which also lore-breaking, but um, with them being like, oh, their ships are lighter and faster than ours, but they're, like, running out of gas, so we just keep driving after them. Why would they not just send, like, multiple fighters fighter wings to go just like shoot them until their fucking shields fail and then blow them up like nothing about this plot makes any sense furthermore there are at least three plot lines going on in this movie right so typically in a movie to keep it like short and sweet you would have like your a plot which is the major story and then you'd have like a b plot right so empire the a plot is luke and his journey the b plot is uh, Han and Leia, right? Yeah. And they meet back up at the end because both of those stories need to progress. This has... I wrote it down. Hold on. Where's where's my A plot, B plot, C plot? Uh, it's got... <laughs> there it is. Um, a plot. Ray, Ben, Luke, Snoke. B-plot, Poe, Holdo, Leia. C-plot, Rose and Finn. And I guess DJ as well. Yeah. DJ Snake. That's too many plots. That's the reason why this is the longest running Star Wars movie. I didn't even know that. Yeah, fucking... Uh, two 100, 152 minutes. Yeah. 152 minutes. Yeah, you thought Revenge of the Sith was long because it two had... Two hours and 32 minutes. Yeah. Too long. Um, God, you know what else really bugged me? Was like the inconsistent costuming. Like, every new scene, Leia has a different costume on it's like you mean to tell me that in the middle of all of this like <laughs> everyone's She's like hey i need a change constantly? yeah uh <sighs> luke tosses the lightsaber this movie in that moment spawned an internet-wide hatred of the subverted expectations trope oh yeah like trash i I I watched that and I I, f- I had like internet war flashbacks, like Vietnam internet war flashbacks of just like subverted expectations, subverted expectations, subverted expectations. I went to a dark place watching this movie. You know, it has my favorite character. It also has my favorite scene, which is when Leia gets blasted out of the fucking ship and she forces herself back in. And 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 she in and also repairs the glass. Does she repair the glass? She repairs the glass. Does it? Does it? No. 
Maybe not. Did the glass not get repaired? Hold on. You talking about the door? Oh yeah, it was the door. Because it they the proton torpedoes, I assuming they're proton torpedoes or ion torpedoes. They were blue, so it makes me think they're ion. Uh anyway, those blow up the command deck. The external flies off. She gets sucked out with it. Then right. she Mary Poppins herself back, which is, I think, the, the internet term for what she does there. She Mary Poppins herself back yeah. using the force. And uh, she puts her, she slaps her palm on the, the door, and the door opens. That's what it was. Even though there's zero atmosphere outside, so that door opens. It should have been, like, sucking everyone out. But we like we don't see any of that. It just it cuts immediately to her on the bed with like I think ice crystals on her face, and they slap a mask on her, and they're like, "Make way!" Yeah. Yeah. Here's the um, scene right here. She gets blasted the fuck out of the shit. I don't, dude, I watched this literally today. I don't even see this. Also, Kylo Ren being like the most I do nothing this movie character for this whole movie. I like how. She got blasted the fuck out, and so did everyone else, and just, everyone else just disappeared, and she's just hanging All out there All the in corpses space. disappeared? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Far cry from Revenge of the Sith, where you watch the clones explode, and then their bodies are drifting through space. Yeah. Clones aren't people, by the way. Yeah, I like how she's just sleeping. She's just sleeping with some ice on her. She's hanging out in space. <laughs> like I, I remember seeing this in the theater, and I said, this is... Fucking stupid. Well, because we knew that Carrie Fisher had died at that point, and we were like, oh, this is them trying to do, like, an homage kind of scene to her being in this movie. I got that. I still thought it was fucking stupid in theaters. It was... You know what's funny? I, I went... We, I, we saw this movie for the first time together. Do you remember that? Did we? Yeah. We saw the, the midnight one. We did. That's fucking right. Your, I do remember ex, that. Your ex-fiance didn't want to go. And so you, you were like, hey, do you want to go with me? That's right. That's right. Because I remember driving away and you asking me, like, what did you think of it? Did you like it? And me being like, uh, I don't know. Like, there, there, I feel like there were moments I liked, but there. Uh, yeah, I remember us being like, eh. Me, I remember particularly being like, I guess I liked it. But then I remember you going. I, I don't think I liked it. <laughs> you, you were like, in the same way that I was like uncertain if I liked it, you were uncertain if you disliked it. Yeah. So it was like, we were very milk toast about it. But then like years later, <laughs> I remember being like bothered by this movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, years later. No, whenever it came out for like streaming on, cause it was streaming on Netflix originally, I think. Uh, I remember watching it like five or six times in one week being like, what the fuck is bugging me about this movie? And then like gradually I was like making a list of things. And then like at the same time I was doing that and starting to talk to people about like all of the issues with the movie, I started getting just like recommended like banger after banger after banger on YouTube of like all of the issues with <laughs> the last Jedi and like, because there are some people, like, I, I have some forgiveness with, like, choreography type stuff. So, like, the throne room fight, I'm willing to forgive certain things, right? But yeah. then, like, Gwendolyn Christie's character, uh, Phasma, showing up for, like, a t 
fucking 30 seconds of screen time in a two and a half hour movie yeah. for them to just like literally just to throw the character away yeah. was so frustrating. Like there are so many frustrating choices made in this movie. Oh yeah. And the things that it does kind of well were already done in the force awakens. Right. So like, the whole point of Finn's character arc in this movie is to be like, oh yeah, we do need to fight for the resistance. That was his his character arc in The Last Jedi. Was yeah. him being like, oh, I'm not here just for Rey, trying to save Rey and myself get away. We're like, we're part of the resistance now. He was just wasted as a character. And then he does the same fucking thing for this movie. But Ryan Johnson wrote this fucking Rose Tico character and if you God. dude, if you watch interviews where he talks about Rose Tico, it is the most like I wrote my own jerk off material into this fucking movie type shit. And then for like a guy that prides himself on being a writer, her dialogue is so cringy. Yeah. She has cringe inducing dialogue. And I, I'm the kind of person who like, I try to stay away from the word cringe because it's so loaded with like internet culture now. Yeah. But like I wrote, I wrote down like very early on. What the fuck did she say? Uh, oh my God. When they let the, <laughs> when they let out the fucking uh, dog horses and then she pulls the saddle off of it. And then like, she looks romantically at Finn and is like, now it's worth it. I was just like, Oh my God, dude, <laughs> shut up. Or when she fucking like, suicide slams her speeder into Finn's at the end of the movie. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then she goes, <laughs> you don't win by fighting what you hate, but by saving what you love. Bitch. I hate fascism. That's how we won world war two. You fucking dumbass. <laughs> like, and then, and then the whole opening of the movie is like, a World War II bombers coming in over a spaceship and you're like, oh, dude, because that goes back to me being frustrated by the ship design. Uh, they don't use flight... They don't use flight escorts. The fucking uh, bombers that they use are so stupid. We've got very slow-moving space bombers that have bomber bays that drop the bombs. Bitch, you're in space. <laughs> Y-wings exist. Why yeah. wing bombers exist? Thai bombers exist. What is this fucking... We've got drop bay bombers. Yeah. Stupid. It's me just sitting here like exasperated. I don't understand the choices that they made for this movie, man. Um... Yeah, inconsistent costuming. The stuff with Leia being in a different like costume every scene. Yeah. Uh, 3PO no longer has a red arm, despite the fact that this is supposedly takes place like immediately right after, after they the blow up Starkiller. Yeah. Uh, Hux's makeup in this is like parody theater villain makeup, where it's like when you first see him, he's like got a blanched face. He's got like painted dark circles under his eyes. He looks like. If you've ever watched uh, an old Japanese movie 
like the Akira mo- or uh, Akira Kurosawa movies. Um, the old man in, I think Ron has like theater makeup on, and he he looks like that, you know, like. Yeah. But it's not for any purpose because Hux is just a fucking moron in this. <laughs> <laughs> like all of the first order people in this are just morons. They scream orders at each other. They don't have fucking uh, like the first order in this is the antithesis of what the Empire was. The Empire was like cold, cool, calm, collected, right? Admiral Pyatt gets elevated across the course of Empire because he's the guy that figures out that the, the rebel base is on Hoth. He's the one that's like, oh, we should tell Lord Vader about this shield generator on Hoth. And then the captain of the ship walks up and he's like, no, we're not going to waste the time with that. And then Vader walks over and he's like, that's it. That's the planet. We're going there. Mm, my Lord, I don't think. <laughs> he's just like crushing people's throats. And then like Pyatt becomes like Admiral across like that movie. Uh Cold, calm, collected, efficient. Like, that's what the Empire is. Yeah. Um, people just scream in this movie for no reason. Like, what is the First Order? They're just a bunch of screaming children. Oh, my God. And then uh, the salt planet, crate. Uh, the visual elements for that. The stupid fucking speeders. The Like, your mono ski. You got to oh, deploy your mono yeah. ski. And then, like, I stick my foot through the bottom of this. Why Why does it need a fucking... Mo- like, The monoski speeders are stupid. Yeah. They look stupid. Makes no sense. Um, oh, shit. Fuck. Um, ignore the mic noises from me. Unprofessional. Also, do you know... Were you paying attention... To what class of stormtroopers enter the base on crate? No, they're snow troopers. Okay, I thought I, I was gonna say snow troopers. I thought I remember them being snow troopers. Why? Because it's snow, salt. <laughs> <laughs> it's salt. Also, this is the movie where we get the stupid fucking BMX helmets for the resistance. So uh, whenever yeah. you're playing like Battlefront Two. And you're playing as the resistance, and all your stupid little fucking resistance troopers have BMX helmets on. This is the movie that those came from. Remember that, people. <laughs> um, God, dude, it's just like the dialogue choices in this movie as well. Like, at one point, uh, Finn, I, just re- I just remember them be- there, there being like a lot of like just empty lines. Like even the stuff you were saying, like Rose was saying, like they just feel like. They're trying to have these big, deep lines. I'm just like, you're trying to be too deep, or you're trying to like, yeah, say something. You're you're, you're trying to say it's, something, it's, and, and you're saying nothing. You're, it's you're very, giving me empty lines. It's very Rings of Power in that way, right? Yeah. Oh, like, exactly. Uh, you don't win by fighting what you hate, but by saving what you love. Has the same vibe as like, do you know the difference between a rock and a boat? A boat looks forward, <laughs> while a rock only looks down. Yeah. And you're like, motherfucker, what? <laughs> a boat only looks forward? Yeah. What are you telling? Like, uh, what about a mountain? Do mountains not climb to the sky? Bitch, you're going to tell me a, a, what's a mountain? Mountains a rock. <laughs> mountains a bunch of fucking rocks. 
Yeah, but them rocks are all looking down. No, they're pointing up. The mountain points up. <laughs> God, man. And then like... So many of these conversations, they just can't have like a 100% serious conversation. It's like they have to inject some like humor in it at some point. Or like all of the early conversations between Ray and Luke are like... Ray tells Luke what Chewbacca said. Yeah. I, that offended me. <laughs> um, also, like, every single Chewbacca in the Porgs needed to be cut from this movie. They could have cut, like, six minutes of runtime just cutting that out because none of it adds anything to this movie. But the Porgs are cute. How are we going to sell our nice little plushy merchandise if we don't They'll have the Porgs sell. in there? They didn't need to be in the movie. They'll fucking sell. <laughs> You just say, this is from Star Wars. You put a fucking Star Wars tag on it, and people go, oh. oh. but they had to have it in the movie so the little kids can, like, see it and be Turn like, the Mandalorian. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, but then they'll take away screen time from their other cash cow, Grogu. I also love that you can't X, and then they try to solve their next problem with X. So, like, you can't solve your problems by jumping in an X-wing and blowing shit up, and then, like... The, they show up and they're like, permission to jump in an X-Wing and blow shit up, General? And she's like, sure. And then it, it's only because the ship gets blown up in a fucking hangar that also you're like, hold on, why why don't you have hangar shields like every other ship that I've <laughs> ever seen in Star Wars, right? So they'll have their external shields, but then they'll also have the hangar shields so that fighters can't fly into the fucking hangar. Yep. Revenge of the Sith. Did you not notice their shields are still up? Oh, sorry, Master. Blows up the shields and then they fucking fly in sideways. I'm angry. <laughs> I mean. Um, God, again, the runtime filled with stupid jokes that should have been just like edited out. Chewy in the porgs, every single porg scene. Um, I didn't understand why after kind of setting up a growing romance between Ray and Finn and The Force Awakens, they now go, oh, let's do a romance between Finn and Rose, which then gets forgotten in the next movie. And yeah. they give Finn another romantic character. Another Poe Dameron. No, <laughs> the the stormtrooper girl yeah. from the 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 water moon of Endor. Oh yeah. Um. Also, uh, dialogue. We we were just talking about that. Um, when they're on Canto Bite or whatever the I think that's the name of the Canto Bite Casino yeah. Planet. Um, My favorite planet. Why does Finn call them cops? I never noticed that. Yeah, he says the cops are going to be here soon. Why are they not security forces or security? They're cops because a American capitalism. Finn is a stormtrooper <laughs> from childhood. Like he was a child soldier who was grown into a fucking stormtrooper. He yeah. shouldn't know any slang. And cop is 100% slang, slang. for copper, which is English slang. For a policeman. Yeah. 
That does sound that that is weird to just throw in there like that, especially in a sci-fi movie, which yeah. has like security forces or like planetary police or something like that would would sound yeah more official, right? And like, I get that Finn is like wild and crazy stormtrooper guy, but he would still be restricted to the the yeah. diction of a stormtrooper. You know, you define your world in the in the terms that you're familiar with. Yeah, no, that, that does just sound weird. I like, also ah, the cops. that he's a janitor. It's like your infantryman is not a fucking janitorial staff. Also, this is Star Wars. There are droids that clean shit. Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't have mopped the command deck of a fucking yeah. capital ship. No. Like, I hate that as a plot device. Oh, I was a janitor. What? Um, That's our boy Ryan's writing. It 100% is. Uh, the cave mirror scene with Ray. What's the point of that? What does that tell me about her character? She doesn't have a mom or dad. She made herself. She made herself. She made herself. That's kind of what it feels like. <laughs> she made herself. Um, it, It's pointless. Yeah. It's, again, what you were saying. I literally wrote down faux depth. F-A-U-X, depth, fake depth. It, it felt like they tried to give us a Luke and Yoda moment with Ray and Luke. And we just got like, it just felt pointless. Like this whole thing felt so nonsensical. It felt like we got absolutely nothing out of this meeting yeah. of them. Well, with her going to the cave mirror, right? It's supposed to in some way mirror Luke going into the cave and seeing Vader and seeing Vader and then realizing like cutting his head off the mask exploding and him seeing himself yeah and being like like what does that tell you as an audience member that his greatest enemy is himself like his own fear and what ultimately leads him to make poor decisions his own fear. And whenever he conquers his fear is whenever he becomes a Jedi. Yeah. Um, so like what, what does that scene do for Ray? It does nothing. Nope. I, I wrote, just cut it. It's pointless. And because of the fact that it uses voiceover for the entire scene, <clears throat> It's actually a very jarring scene for someone who's familiar with Star Wars because Star Wars doesn't have voiceover scenes. Yeah. You don't have flashbacks in Star Wars. You have visions. You have force visions, right? So you get a vision and the Force Awakens whenever she takes the lightsaber and it's like bam, 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 all these these scenes from Anakin's life, Luke's life, and then... uh, her, yeah, uh, which tells you that she's the inheritor of the Skywalker legacy. She is a Skywalker. That is what that scene tells you. Then you have this movie tell you that she is no one. Uh, it sets this up in the throne room scene where her and Kylo are fighting over the lightsaber. Um, <laughs> God, man, like this movie sets up so many questions. Like, this movie creates more problems than it solves. 
And that's ultimately what the frustration is with it, right? The hyperspace shit with Holdo sets up more problems than it solves. Um, Oh my God. The Holdo maneuver is what it gets referred to as in the next movie. Um, Mm. Why with these ships do they not have an autopilot in their fucking piloting computer? Every ship in Star Wars has a piloting computer which is capable of autopilot. Yeah. They don't need pilots. It's stupid. Also, it's literally just so that they can have the contrivance later on in the story of Holdo turning the ship around, doing hyperspace, into the ship to blow it up or whatever, right? That was kind of a cool scene, though. Visually. Uh, and, and I think SFX. Like the sound. That was the one that, like, fucked some people up because it went, like, silent and they, like, people, like, lost their shit or whatever. Um, here's the thing. Every single one of the X-Wings at the first Death Star fight was equipped with a hyperdrive. The whole point of the X-Wing Starfighter is that it was a hard-hitting fighter ship capable of hyperspace. That was its major um, advantage over TIE Fighters. TIE Fighters were too small (coughs) for hyperdrives, but they were faster than X-Wings. X-Wings also have shields. TIE Fighters don't have shields. Yeah. So, at the considering how many pilots were lost on the Death Star, why didn't they just have one person kamikaze into the fucking core of the Death Star to yeah, just hold on, maneuver it? Yeah, it's it's lore breaking. Like, as visually interesting as it might have been, it yeah causes problems. Like, literally in the next movie, oh, why don't we do a holding maneuver? Oh, that the chances of one of pulling one of those off is one in a million, you know? Like, it literally, it causes problems for every single Star Wars movie. Yeah. Also, ships have autopilot. Yeah. Set the autopilot to hyperdrive into the other ship. It breaks it breaks the lore. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like that's what's frustrating, right? Is like the better things from this movie would have been better in like a standalone science fiction movie. Yeah. Where there isn't pre existing lore that needs to be respected. Cause I mean Certainly people have asked, like, oh, why can't you hyperspace? Because it probably, if you hit a shield or something, it blows up your ship, but, like, the shields are fine, you know? Like, there, there's probably an in-world solution for it, but, like, this causes more problems than it solves. Like, it was a plot point here 
it solved an issue here. But when you go back and you look at the history of Star Wars, it creates problems for every single major battle. <laughs> why wouldn't you just take a ship? No. <laughs> Better yet, why don't you just equip a fucking asteroid with a hyperdrive, blast it into someone's fucking ship? Why build a Death Star when you can take a moon, stick a really big hyperdrive on it, slam it into a planet? <laughs> like oops <laughs> um throne room scene set up to reflect Luke and Vader on Bespin frustrating disappointing if the lightsaber represents the Skywalker legacy it's destroyed completely in this film, and somewhat ironically, that's exactly what this film did to Star Wars. Taking for granted Star Wars was the story of the Skywalkers, right? So this, these three movies are literally called the Skywalker Saga, you know, the end of the Skywalker Saga, and there is not a single Skywalker in the final movie. There's a Ben Solo, yeah. there's a Ray Palpatine, there's a Leia Organa Solo, there's a force ghost of Luke Skywalker who does nothing. Yeah. But he's a Skywalker. Ray was originally written to be a Skywalker. Yes. Yeah. I think that she would have been Luke's daughter that he didn't know about. I mean, Clones aren't people, so she couldn't be a clone. Whether whether she, <laughs> whether she was a Skywalker or a Kenobi, either of those options would have been better than her being a fucking Palpatine. I don't. I just everything, all of the setup for me says Skywalker. Yeah, even the fact that she has like premonitions, because in this, um, when she fucking slaps palms with uh, Ben. And she's like, oh, I saw your future or whatever. Uh, like, I wrote down, like, does Kylo manipulate her? Did she actually see the future? Because if she actually saw the future, then that's further evidence that she should have been a Skywalker because the Skywalkers uh, are all shown to have, like, some level of, like, prescience of, like, visions of the future. Um, Anakin sees his mother in pain sees uh, his wife die in childbirth. Uh, Luke sees his friends in pain on Bespin. Um, I think Vader knowing that Luke being his son probably has similar like natural force powers to him kind of like utilizes that to his advantage to, to entrap Luke, to bring him to Bespin. Um, then you've got uh, Rey who... Apparently, you know, Force high fives uh, Ben through this connection that Snoke is providing, and she claims to see his future. And I think she even says like, "It's not, it's not concrete, but I know the shape of it." You know, like that sort of thing. Um, God, 
God, dude, I just find it so frustrating. Like, the entire plot of this movie is just, like, the opening of Empire Strikes Back. Like, it's all... They start on a rebel base that's been found out, and they end on a rebel base, you know? Yeah. With, like, 13 rebels who all fit in the Millennium Falcon, and they blast off, and Rey's got the Jedi books, and Luke is dead because he pooped himself to death, and... God, man, killing Luke just destroyed everything. Like, everything that they were trying to do with his character, they destroyed by killing him at the end of the movie, right? So he has a little bit of a story arc here, and, like, it could have been something interesting. A lot of people have said that by doing what they did in the next movie, they ruined what they did with Luke in this movie. But I would argue that what they did with Luke in this movie is ruined by killing him at the end of the movie, right? So there's a pretty good story to tell with like, oh, guy kind of loses heart and his nephew is like new space Hitler. And uh, like, even he needs to be reminded that like, yeah, there is good in everyone, you know? And like, that's what Ray does for him. But like, they don't do that. They kill him. And it almost feels malicious, right? It feels like, Mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson didn't like working with Mark Hamill and there was the potential that Ryan was going to do the third movie. Uh, so I think he just didn't want to work with Mark Hamill anymore. So maliciously put in that Luke pooped himself to death at the end. Um, I'm, I'm convinced of that because I, I cannot see a good narrative reason to kill Luke. No, there wasn't any. Because it's not like, oh, now Ray can stay on her own. Ray shows up to this fight at the end and literally shoots three fighters that line up in a row for her. Like, <laughs> Ray is the fucking Ubermensch. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing that she's a Palpatine, yeah, she's she's probably an actual Ubermensch. That grown. <laughs> Um, I mean, it was just like a terrible time and place for Luke to die. Like he gets no dying words. Yeah. Luke Skywalker, one of the greatest heroes in all of cinematic history, gets no dying words. His sister ha- fucking looks off into the distance for a moment. And then Ray goes, did you feel him? Yeah, me too. But it wasn't pain. It was... What did she say? Fucking peace? Acceptance? I don't even remember. I was just like mad. <laughs> I was just mad. Um, also, there's no planetary shield on crate. So why doesn't the First Order just execute the fucking rebels that land there with planetary bombardment? Like the whole point of the ground assault on Hoth was that Hoth had a shield. Had a ground, like a ground assault was necessary to take out the shield generator. And after they take yeah. it out, they bomb the base from, <laughs> from, from orbit. Like no one in this fucking, no one involved in the writing of this movie had any concept of like technology in Star Wars or like what this shit's used for. Like, Like, literally, that was my last note before I just wrote, I hate this movie. I hate this movie. 
the first order stormtroopers that enter the base are snow troopers. I hate this movie. That's what I wrote. <laughs> and then the closing scene with the kid in the broom, like once again, they don't understand the force. Uh-oh. Like it's not like force sensitive people can just go around using the force. Like you have to be trained yeah. to use force powers. Otherwise, you're just some person who seems like exceptionally charismatic or exceptionally skilled. Like Anakin Skywalker, if he hadn't gone off and trained with the Jedi, would have just been a very good, good pilot. pod racer. Yeah. yeah. Like that's all he would have been. Yeah. And he probably would have won his freedom at some point and bought his mom out of slavery. And he probably just would have been like top pod racer oh, on Tatooine. Yeah. And same with Luke. He just would have been a good pilot. Like he was yeah. just intending to be a pilot. Yeah. You just have good reflexes. Yeah. Like, that's that's it, you know? Like, maybe you become a world-class athlete. Like, that's the kind of thing that you were if you were Force-sensitive. It was just, like, more in tune with the world around you. But yeah. it didn't give you, like, the Force powers. Those were things that had to be taught. You had to be taught how to access the Force within yourself to manifest these powers. Yeah. kid fucking force pulling a broom though that's what they think this star wars is yeah um two out of ten <laughs> two out of ten one out of five i'm on facebook numbers now baby Shit. <laughs> Point seven five out of five God. <laughs> yeah, i hate this movie yeah it sucked it sucked when I first saw it. It, it still sucked sucks. so bad that they had to bring Ryan John or uh, JJ Abrams back. They had to bring JJ Abrams back. Yeah. It like was this bad. movie undoes everything that Force Awakens does. And then and he tries then, to redo it. And then, yeah. JJ Abrams literally has to do like two movies in one. Because Ryan Johnson's like, you're a nobody. And then JJ Abrams like, well, no, you're not really. And he you're you're, you're set kind up, of somebody. And he doesn't set up a villain for the trilogy either. Yeah. Like, I think he would argue, like, no, Ben was supposed to be the villain then. And it's like, someone's yeah. pulling the strings here. It's literally just like Palpatine came out of fucking nowhere. They were just like, yeah, Emperor's still here. It's like, what the fuck? That's literally the line. The line is literally, Palpatine has returned somehow. Yeah. It, fucking insane. Trash. That whole... I I think... Here's the other thing. Some people make the argument, right, that they're like, well, you know, whenever you're making a trilogy, you never really know how successful one movie is going to be, so you don't know if you're going to get to make the next movie. This was Disney making Star Wars movies. They absolutely knew for a fact that they were going to make three. be making three movies. Yeah. They should have had a plan. Yeah. And, like, fans on the internet guessing that Rey was a Skywalker because she had to be, because that's the fucking legacy, you know? And then them being like, oh, let's change it, change it, last minute, change it. Subvert expectations. Yeah, like... Just like Game of Thrones. Yeah, like, is it really so bad to give fans like a, oh, I called it, and then have some, like, a small vocal minority be like, this movie was predictable. Because, like, that's the argument against it, right? Like, it's predictable. Hey, guess what? Good guys end in the win. (laughs) And <laughs> good guys, good guys, end in the wind. <laughs> shit, shit's got me fucked up. I mean, if you're a force ghost, I guess you end in the wind. Yeah, bitch, I end in the wind. 
Um, also, did you notice that uh, Luke, for one of those scenes where he's sitting on the rock, has like a very long cape blowing in the wind, and then whenever he farts himself to death, he does not have a cape. No. Yeah, that's like a cinema sin kind of moment, but it just it made me mo- even more mad because I was like, was that Mark Hamill there? Did they stick someone in for Mark Hamill for Luke's death? I truly wonder. That would be the ultimate disrespect. Yeah, it, it really would be. And like they try, they do, they do like the most fake. Like, oh, we're honoring this. Look, he's looking at the horizon once again, and he sees the twin sons of Tatooine, and he ends his story where he started. And you're like, what? <laughs> he fucking hated Tatooine. Yeah. He didn't go back to Tatooine. There was nothing on Tatooine calling him there. It's not like that was his home. It's not like the Lars homestead was his home, you know? Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go back to the place where my aunt and uncle were, like, burned on the front lawn. What? I don't think so. It's a bigger galaxy. Farm by... The farm boy left. The farm the farm boy walked so the Jedi Master could run. Either way, terrible fucking movie. Um I I did kind of in the vein of what I was asking you earlier. Like, what's the theme of this film? Oh. The theme is you don't have to be someone special in order to have a a, a, a changing effect on the universe. So that would be the that would be the theme of the uh, the a plot right with Ray Ben Luke Snoke yeah like that's the, the yeah. plot there. Um, Poe Holdo Leo, what's the theme there? Um, if you ram hard enough and fast enough, you can do anything. A lot of people when they break this down, they go, the theme that they're trying to tell you, Mr. Says White Man, oh, no. is to listen to women unquestioningly. Uh, fair, <laughs> fair. I like mine better. If Poe had just shut up and done what them bitches were telling him, none of this would have happened. Fair. Um... And what, what's the third one? It was uh, uh, it, Rose and Finn. Rose and Finn. Finn and DJ. And DJ. Yeah. I learned from that capitalism's evil. Capital. And and Biggest. and even the good guys are buying weapons and killing people. Even the bad guys sell guns to the good guys. Everybody's a bad guy. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Everybody is a bad guy. Yeah, those are the lessons. Um, yeah. Uh, even um, you can be who we want you to be. You L- don't listen hey. to women. To Sh- close the if show Shelby out, heard me saying that because, <laughs> like, obviously, I'm joking here, right? But like, yeah. I mean, I. Other than that, it doesn't feel like there's really a theme to go along with that plot. There's not. That whole plot. It just felt it, like... It isn't. It's 
shut up and listen. Like un unquestioning uh obedience to uh the higher chain of command, right? Yeah. So, like, ultimately, what that plot ends up boiling down to is just, like, fascism. Fair. Like, don't question your superiors. Do just what they tell you to do. And, shut up and do your thing. Even if all signs are pointing to this is a bad plan, Yeah. but they refuse to tell you what the plan is, just shut up and do what they're telling you to do. Follow blindly. Disney, You're not paid to Disney, think. Disney wants you... You're not paid to think, little guy. Disney wants you not thinking. They just want you to line in their pockets. I just... all oh, That's all three plots on, in one right there. There you go. <laughs> I combined them all. Shut up. Give us your money. You're no one special. <laughs> You're no one special. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Give us your money. Yeah, exactly. That's... <laughs> That's that's um, the moral of the entire movie. All right, we just so boil it down. Next week we're gonna close this this saga out with uh, the rise of Skywalker. The rise of Skywalker. Um, it's gonna be a fun one. Can't wait to talk more. Yo, actually, uh, film threat in their court case against uh, Star Wars, uh-huh. uh, their little critics court thing today was talking about like how Disney Lucasfilm has broken the lore of Star Wars to such a point that like it ultimately ruined the entire franchise, right? Yeah. And a lot first off, I didn't know who was going to be the prosecution for this, but it was Critical Drinker. If you're unfamiliar with him, he's a Scottish dude. He's a published author and he's got a series of videos uh this kind of brings me full circle talking about this because whenever I was talking about like, there was something bothering me about this movie and I watched it like five or six times. And then I started getting just recommended like banger after banger of video, uh, criticizing this movie. One of them was critical drinker. I think he did like two or three videos on the last Jedi because it's so bad, right? It's the kind of things I was talking about here. Like the dialogue is cringe it's got too many plot lines. The plot lines that are there are poorly done. It doesn't respect character at all. Yeah. It doesn't take anything from the first movie and build on it. In fact, it actively shits on what they built up in the first movie. Uh, this, as part two in a trilogy, is a big non... You, can, you could watch The Force Awakens and then Rise of Skywalker, and that would be a more complete film saga than watching one, two, three of these. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So like, those are, those are just like standard criticisms of this movie. Cause like this movie floundered hard. It sucked. It made a shit ton of money, but it only made a shit ton of money because it was, I think I saw it was like 1.3 billion. Yeah. It made, I think uh, it definitely made like half of what the force awakens did. Yeah. Um, because there were not as many repeat viewings. For sure. Yeah, because it fucking sucked. Yeah. I think I saw The Force Awakens like three times, four times. I I don't know. I maybe saw it twice. Yeah. Um, and then, because I think I saw it with friends. I saw it with friends in IMAX. In Tallahassee. I'm pretty sure I came home, because it released around holidays, right? I'm pretty sure I came home and saw it with my dad, too. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I can't remember who else I saw it with, but I, I saw it multiple times. I, I definitely, the last Jedi I saw once, I said. Because we I left there and I, we definitely both were just like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. And then like, <laughs> and then I was like, it's, it's out on streaming. I'll watch it. I watched it. And then, like I said, had a weird feeling. I was like, God, man, I sound like not right about this. Got to watch it like a few more times. Watched it like five or six times and got to the point where I was like, yeah, dude, this is fucking bad. Like, because we had memed for a while about like, like, I think everyone after their first time watching it, hears that Rose line and goes, what the fuck? Yeah. With the, you don't win by fighting what you hate, but by protecting yeah. what you love or saving what you love or whatever. And you're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like yeah. every war in history, righteously motivated or not, was like fought by people who hated what the other people stood for. But it's just like, know? you also just didn't get those shitty corny lines in the originals. No. The closest you come to it is like Attack of the Clones with the dad jokes. Yeah. But it's like, at least those are like jokes. Like this is like, she's trying to, like you are trying too hard to like be deep. Yeah. And you're just saying nonsense. Even like the spiritual aspects of the force, right? Because if you're comparing this to Empire, right? Which Ryan Johnson, when you listen in interviews was like heavily comparing this to Empire. It's why you regularly get the returns to like, Hoth type imagery and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's just poorly done. Like the spiritual aspect of it really needed to be there. And it wasn't like when you watch empire, that is like the major theme of the movie is like the force and the force being something that is in everything flows through everything. So it's not like it's a stagnant thing in you. It is something in motion in you. And it's what keeps you in motion. And it's what keeps motion in the universe. And like all things are in motion and in balance, you know, a star is flying through the galaxy and it's got planets that don't get sucked into the fucking star, you know, like they're in orbit, you know, it's a, it's a, there is order in the, chaos of the universe right like that and it's all balanced against each other and all things are in balance and that is existence is the balance of chaos and order and good and evil yeah and that is not present whatsoever in this movie for our audio listeners i did one big finger across not not present whatsoever. One big finger across, like I'm like I'm a middle aged woman. Well, next time we have Francis Skywalker. Yeah, and then we will be on to Rogue One, the final two, Rogue and One. Han Solo. Han. So that's all I got. You got anything? Um, we done. Just gotta fucking wash my eyes out after watching this. There. Thanks again, Kyle, for uh, letting us record at Ye Old Prism. Um, yes. Thank you. Thank you, Pat. I believe for setting up the stuff. Oh uh, yes. Uh, thank you, listeners. Thank you, li- especially if you made it this far. Thank you to our German listeners if you made it this far. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thanks Who, for tuning in, whoever you are. 
Um, there's been people in other places too. I think there was like people in New Zealand. Awesome. So like New Zealand, Germany. I've been thinking of visiting. Uh, so if you're if you're listening from New Zealand, wherever you are in the wide world, thank you for listening. Uh, once again, I'm Andrew Weaver. I am Scott Kelly. If you want to send a question into the podcast, you can email cryptidworksofficial at gmail.com. And I'll probably look at that email two weeks from now and be like, oh, fuck. Should have looked at that sooner. Um, you know, subscribe to our Patreon. Yeah, we have a Patreon. Buy our merch. Five bucks if you're a real one. <laughs> Uh, I don't if legitimately if someone subscribed or I wouldn't even know what to do with the like three dollars that we would get from that. You know so. what? If someone <laughs> it, if people subscribe to our Patreon, I will three D print you something. If you subscribe to our Patreon, I'll post post fucking shirtless pics behind that Ooh. Patreon wall. There we go. You get to see my my whole middle aged white man body. 30, 30 years old. And we'll August. do, we'll do a, we'll do a sexy <laughs> photo shoot with lightsabers. Yeah. Slave Leia bikinis <laughs> and lightsabers. Shit. Well, again, thank you for listening. Also, that's a, uh, that's the reward for if we get to a thousand dollars on the Patreon. Yeah, all right? shit. So let's, let's at least make it worth our while. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks again for listening. We love you. Good night.